stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite World Talk radio shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon, broadcasting from sunny Arizona, and this is one of those perfect days we wait for all year long. I wish all of you could be here. Be a little crowded, but that would be okay. Voice America moved last weekend, and from my perspective, there wasn't even a hiccup. That's how they do things down there. Um, they're, they're really the leader in Internet radio and you can see even by the way their move goes. Uh, so if you're interested in having your own radio show, you might want to call them first. I just heard this morning that according to server statistics and industry standard metrics, we've had over 16,000 visitors this last month. And that's really pretty good for Internet Talk Radio, and I'm really quite thrilled. A lot of people simply go to the website and listen to the program when they have a little bit of time. And... Um, it's always there, so you can go there anytime you want to. Next week, as you know, is Thanksgiving. So I would advise you to spend this week thinking about all the things you have to appreciate and be grateful for. Instead of dwelling on all the things wrong in your life and going on around you, just don't even go there. Every day, every day this week, make a list of those things you're thankful for. And do it especially on Thanksgiving Day. Because we have so many things to be thankful for in this country. Um, never forget how precious our freedoms are and how much we have on a daily basis. In the early 90s, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. I think we've talked about that before. I was in bed for three months and I'm flat in bed, hardly able to get up. The worst thing about it was that my mind wouldn't work. Uh, I couldn't put words together in a meaningful sentence, and I couldn't put sentences together to make a whole thought. It was just absolutely the scariest thing I've experienced. Even my skin hurt. Cotton sheets hurt my skin, and I'm not a delicate kind of person. I bought some satin sheets because they didn't hurt, and I really just really don't like satin sheets, but it, it made it possible for me to sleep. I, I was just so tired, I could hardly even walk to the bathroom. I was that tired. 
it was a, a scary time in my life. It was one of the worst times of my life, but it was just the tip of the iceberg compared to what today's guest experienced. And she's going to tell us about that and about her recovery. Our guest today is Katina Macris. Um, she's also called Kim by her friends, so we're going to call her Kim today. She's worked in natural health care since 1983 with a busy homeopathic private practice. She was also a popular newspaper health columnist. She sat on the board of the Council for Homeopathic Certification for seven years. She has a BA degree from Duke University and is a graduate of the Still Point Institute of Life Healing. I think you're getting the idea that she was really busy. At the peak of her career, she was stricken with a mysterious flu. You know, flu covers a lot of things. After five long years of torment, two of them being bedridden, I had three months, she had two years, I can't even imagine that, and sustaining devastating blows to her personal and professional life, she was finally diagnosed with Lyme disease. All those years, they didn't know what it was. In her new book just out, called Out of the Woods, Kim chronicles this illness, and I give you a word of warning. Once you start reading, you won't put this book down. You won't put it down until you finish the last page because you really have to see how ter things turn out. This remarkable woman is an artist with words, with paint, and with healing. And she tells us a story of courage in the face of illness and a story of a powerful will to heal. It is such an honor for me to welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, Kim Macris. Welcome. Thank you so much, Irene. That was a really beautiful opening. Thank you. I really feel honored to be here with you and everyone else. Well, the fun of this show is getting to meet people like you all over, not just this country, but all over the world. And you have a remarkable story. But let's start out by, number one, tell us why you wrote Out of the Woods and then tell people where they can find it. Sure. Well, I wrote Out of the Woods because Lyme disease has wrecked hundreds of thousands of lives, physically, emotionally, and financially, as well as spiritually. And people need to understand what it truly looks like on the inside of this illness. It, there's a lot of intricacies that people don't know about Lyme disease, and the sufferers themselves have so much to say and share, but there's no one really to listen to them. So I wrote this book to offer inspiration and hope, as well as to offer some practical information on recovering from chronic illness, and most specifically Lyme disease. And it's extremely well done. A few years ago, there was a flurry of information about Lyme disease, and everybody was supposed to watch for ticks, and every time you came in, you're supposed to examine yourself and your children for ticks, and then it all went away. We're not yeah. hearing that much about it again. So I know. It sort of quieted down for a little bit there, and people are, are finally realizing it didn't go away. No, it didn't go away. Just because we don't talk about it means it, it went away. And you're, you're a survivor of it, uh, and you share your story in your book. But what's so remarkable about your book, and I, we'll, we'll talk about all you know, this book from every way we can mm -hmm. because it's so good. You lay your emotions right out there for everybody to know and feel. And I don't mean just read, but you really feel what you're going through. Number one, I commend you for, for doing this. Um, it's hard to 
put yourself out there as bare and raw as you did. How hard was it for you to do this? Well, you know, um, it was a, a kind of a, a combination of things, Irene. Um, it was hard in some ways and easier in others. I, it was a daring leap for me to be willing to expose my feelings and the, the fragility of my body and spirit. And, and another way it wasn't hard for me because a higher part of me knew that I was doing this for the sake of so many thousands of people who have been stricken by Lyme disease or fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, and either the medical world or even their friends and family don't really fathom what their true suffering is is like. So somehow the collective of everybody inspired me to, to really do this for all of us. And, and it's so descriptive. I mean, your book is so descriptive. You, you, can, you can really identify with what you're going through. And, and the little caveat here is, in spite of how well you describe things and how well you were able to chronicle what you were experiencing in terms of this incredible illness, you didn't go to to poor me, and I really appreciate that. You could feel sometimes that you were feeling that, but you didn't do a pity party on the page. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I, I, really, I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for telling me that because um, when I was writing it, you know, as a creative person and as a storyteller and also as a person that's been in healthcare for for you know two and a half decades, I kind of know inside and outside of illness now, both as a practitioner and as a patient. Yes. So I was walking a, a line here of wanting to be able to share and illuminate things for so many people. But yes, like you said, I did not want this to be a depressing book. I didn't want this to be something that would drag people down. I really went with my heart and I wrote from my heart and I am blessed, thank God, with a joyful spirit. And I, you know, I chose to go with that energy when I, when I decided to write Out of the Woods. So thank you for acknowledging that. Well, the joyful spirit comes through even at some of the worst times. And, and to me, that was just, it was fabulous. You know, it really was. For those people who don't know what Lyme disease is, Kim, tell us a little bit about it. You know, what causes it? You know, what sure. most people. Yeah, um, sure. It's important that I get the information out there because it is spreading. It is the number one fastest growing infectious illness in our country. It's surpassed HIV in terms of how quickly it's spreading. So it's, it, is, it is wise that we share some of this. So it is a bacterial infection, and it is spread by the bite of a tick, which is a small insect, which many of us know that we see on our pets, on dogs and horses and, and whatnot. And initially, when you first get bitten by a tick that has the bacteria in, in it, that's carrying the bacteria, um, in the first few days, you will feel symptoms like you're coming down with the flu, like we, well, like we mentioned, the mysterious flu right. that I had. 
So you feel achy, maybe stiff neck, muscles, you know, chills, a mild, a slight fever, maybe a mild sore throat, swollen glands. Some people feel dizzy or have headaches. And you just think, oh, I'm coming down with something, and is it going to pass off? And about half of the people at the same time that they're getting this flu-like symptomology will get a rash at the bite site where the tick was. And it looks like a bullseye. It's a a red circle with a little dot in the center. And it could be as small as, you know, a dime or as large as a softball. Everybody's different. I myself never saw that kind of rash. As I said, only... only You don't have to have the tick actually on you. You you know, they tell you, you look to see if it's burrowed underneath your skin, but... You don't, you don't necessarily have to have the tick on you, do you? No, no. I mean, it has to bite you and hold on for a little bit of time to make this blood transfer but um, and, and, and sort of inject, you know, what it's carrying inside of it into you. But, you know, that could be just in short order, and it could be like in the back of your neck or behind your knee or in a place that you didn't see. So it's a little mysterious in that sense. However, the good news is if you do see that rash and you do get to a doctor with your flu-like symptoms and you have a doctor that knows about Lyme disease, if they put you on six weeks of antibiotics right up front, you can arrest the bacteria and knock it out of your system before it has a chance to do any serious damage. Uh, So a couple questions come up for me. You know, is there anything that calls your attention to this besides the way it looks? Does it itch? Does it hurt? Some people uh, say it hurts. It doesn't not. It doesn't necessarily itch, but some people say it does hurt. It kind of has a, a tenderness or an achiness at the site of the bite, and um, but you know more prominently are these accompanying symptoms that the malaise, the weakness is very pronounced, and you know the headachey feeling, and if you're living on the east coast of the United States. Maryland to Maine is a rampant epidemic. In part, in some of these states, 75% of the ticks are infected. Wow. I know. and That's, that's big. That's big. And it's not just there. We're seeing it in Minnesota. We're seeing it in the Ohio River Valley. Well, we've it's, seen it in Arizona. Arizona, Texas, the northern part of California. I mean, it's all over. Florida's even showing up. 89 countries of the world now, Irene. Oh, so we've sent our ticks abroad. Abroad, because the birds are carrying them, and they fly in migration patterns, and pets travel with their owners, you know. Right. And it's The other thought that came to me, and we might have to continue talking about this after the break, is that many of us who lean toward natural medicine are a little more in the holistic realm or arena, really don't like to take those antibiotics. So you're saying they need to swallow (laughs) and just do it. Yes, yes, yes. And this is a good point. And, you know, as you mentioned, I am a homeopathic practitioner of 26 years, and I lived in 100% organic lifestyle before I got infected. And I, um, you know, 20 years ago was eating organic food, growing organic vegetables in my garden, not taking drugs or medicine, living an outdoorsy lifestyle, meditation, yoga. You know, I was way into, you know, supporting myself at all the healthy levels. So 
I myself had my son just last summer with three ticks on him in one week. Oh, boy. And he, want... went, on, he went on the antibiotics. You don't want to mess <laughs> around with this one. Exactly. Katina, Kim, it's time for us to go to break. I want okay. to continue with this thought when we come okay. back. This is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show and my guest, Kim Macris, saying stay tuned. We're going to be right back with some more really critical information about Lyme disease. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Kim Magris. We've been talking about the acute phase of Lyme disease and what shows up and a little bit about what to do. But let's talk, let's continue with this thought and, and let's also go into the chronic phase of it, Kim. Uh, you have the, you have the mic. Yes. Um, yeah, so we mentioned how, you know, you want to catch the bacteria right up front with antibiotics and try to knock it out with six weeks. And Lyme literate physicians are doctors that know how to treat this illness. And um, the tetracycline family of drugs, of antibiotics, is the one they use primarily in the acute phase. However, this is where the illness starts to get tricky. If you were like me and you started with this flu I had one summer, um, and then after, you know, they misdiagnosed me with walking pneumonia, and after about six weeks, I kind of pulled out of the worst of it and beefed myself up with vitamins and homeopathic remedies and acupuncture, and I was slowly improving, not terrific, but, you know, modified. However, as the months went by, I would go in and out of these states of exhaustion, collapse, crippling migraines, and in and out of practitioners' offices. 
and I was finally diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. And I was showing elevated uh, blood levels of the Epstein-Barr virus, which is a chronic version of mononucleosis. So a lot of listeners will be familiar with some of this. They may have been diagnosed with chronic fatigue or maybe fibromyalgia, other people with lupus or arthritis. And it very well could be that they could have the Lyme bacteria in their system. There are more than one strain and a couple of associated microorganisms that the tick carry, and they can replicate very quickly in our bloodstream. Every six weeks, this Lyme bacteria replicates. So we see these cyclical outbreaks with, ah. with patients. And like, you know how you had those bad three months? Yeah. Well, it could be like that for someone else, too. They could have a cyclical period where they were having a breakout of the um, you know, repetitive cycle of the organism, and then it goes into a quieter spell. So the fibromyalgia cases, the arthritis cases, where you see this sort of seesaw, seesaw, you know, good, bad, good, bad, and you're trying to relate it, is it to weather, is it to jet travel, is it to something I ate, is it hormones, is it... And it often can be a misdiagnosed case of Lyme. Okay, I have two questions. Yeah. You talked about a Lyme disease literate doctor. How do you know how to find one? Oh, yes. Good question. There's an online site called LymeNet.org, and you can go in there and look state by state and country by country to find a physician in your area that knows this illness. And there's other good websites. If you go to the website for my book, actually, it's called outofthewoodsbook.com. I have a great resource page in there. And I have a lot of different websites and books and DVDs for you know, uh, Lyme literate physicians, for naturopaths, acupuncturists, etc., that know how to work with this illness. And, and is there a blood test that can pick up this, the chronic phase? Yeah, and there, there's, there are blood tests. There's one blood test for the acute phase. It's called the Western Blot Lyme Test. And it's good only in about a two-month window of that early infection. And it's a very sketchy test. It's not that accurate. And when you get past, like, about the five, six-month mark, forget it. The test is really not valid at all. So what you need to do is you need to have testing done by one of three state-of-the-art labs in the United States. One is called Igenix Lab out in Palo Alto, California. Another is called Clongen with a C in Maryland. And the other is a SUNY, State University of New York at Stony Brook on Long Island. And these labs have specialized in these very advanced tests to look for the chronic version of the illness. And it's well worth urging your doctor to use one of these labs because the other one, that Western blot, is so inaccurate. And it it wouldn't be accurate for chronic the chronic phase anyway, would it? No, no, like it wouldn't. That. And that's why you need to use one of the three labs I mentioned for the chronic version. And they can test your blood. They can test your urine. They actually look for DNA fragments of the Lyme bacteria itself in the urine. 
Um, they can culture your blood and look for the different strains of the bacteria that could be present. So that's why you want to use one of these state-of-the-art labs. They really are focused primarily on this illness. And I have to say, Irene, you know, it, it's sort of like a good-bad thing with Lyme disease right now. It's a bad thing that it wasn't really explored and studied very well over the past three decades. The Center for Disease Control really just tried to assume 30 years ago when they first identified it that it was a short-term infectious illness that could be you know, eradicated quickly, and they didn't realize about this heavy and quick replication of the bacteria and how it could take on a chronic nature. So the Center for Disease Control doesn't have clear-cut symptomology for doctors to even look for to identify it. So for a long time, doctors didn't even know when patients came into the office that, oh, maybe this is Lyme. Only really in the past five years have more and more doctors become cognizant that, oh, my gosh, maybe this arthritis or maybe this water on the knee or this fibromyalgia could be the bacteria. And if, Irene, this is where I'm hopeful, I'm hoping that if we can get the attention, funding, and research going on this, this could be a breakthrough for a lot of illnesses like MS and, and Parkinson's and uh, you know, fibromyalgia. This could be the link. So we need to get this book in the hands of some of these physicians. The wonderful thing about your book is it's really interesting, and, and maybe they would read it. I know, oh, no. I know they, don't, they don't have a lot of time. I know that. But it reads like a really great novel. And in, along the way, you get a great education in Lyme disease. You know, so you know, maybe we can spread the word. I certainly will use my little copy. Well, I don't know whether I can let go of it, but I will. <laughs> well, thank you, Irene. And, you know, I, I every, will. It's available at all um, you know, the major bookstores, Barnes & Nobles, online on Amazon. A lot of the independent bookstores are carrying it. You can ask your independent bookstore to get it in for you. Um, so Out of the Woods is available in all the regular avenues. And they can even order it on the self-improvement blog because I put it on there this morning. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, it's right there. So we've got you now through the acute phase. When would you say you went into the more chronic phase? And tell us a little more about what that was like without giving us the whole book. I, I know mm. we don't want to tell everybody everything in this book because they need to read it. Really, everybody needs to read this book. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, it's, I have to say um, so many people have been sending me these beautiful emails how they couldn't put it down. It was a page turner. They read it straight through or they were up till the morning, I mean, just, it's really warms my heart to get these wonderful messages. Um, but yes, I, um, you know, six months into this sort of seesaw that I was speaking about, I um, tried to go back to work and, you know, I had this wonderful homeopathic practice. I had consciously left a lifestyle on, in the New York area and moved up to New England to a small rural village, very pretty, and, you know, chose to live an outdoorsy, back to the, you know, nature lifestyle, like I mentioned, and I built this wonderful homeopathic practice and had my newspaper column, and it was uh, this horrific feeling to feel it slipping all away from me, 
and that I couldn't get into the office to see my clients and that it was difficult to sit at the computer. I had to write my column out by hand and have someone else type it for me because the computer kind of frazzled my mind. And like you, I was struggling for a word that I really knew. Or It was a very, very disconcerting and panicky feeling, really, to be 42 years old and have this happening to me. So, you know, without giving it all away, as you said, I went in and out of these ups and downs and would just be, you know, not well and then have a couple of months where I broke through and was stable for a bit and then down, down, down. Finally, at the five-year mark, I had been bedridden for a year and I couldn't even make it, as you said, to the bathroom or the shower without someone guiding me and holding me up while I held onto the shower bar and they'd shampoo my hair for me. And I, and this was just, you know, cataclysmic, what happened to me in, in my life on multiple levels. And through a fortunate series of events, um, I aligned with a former colleague of mine, a clinical nutritionist who had been in practice for 20 years, limped my way into his office, and I'm recounting my struggles to him 20 minutes into my my case, he says, Kim, Kim, this is, this is Lyme disease. And I said, no, I've been tested three times. They said it's not. And he said, did they use the Western blot? And I said, yeah. And he says, no, that's so inaccurate. This is an advanced case. It's in your nervous system. It's in your brain. Your immune system is under siege. He goes, this is chronic Lyme. Well, it was like a, an elation and a devastation at the same time, Irene. I understand that. I mean, uh, devastation, like why no one ever found this. Yeah, why didn't they find this? Oh, my God. And I lost all these years, and I lost everything that mattered to me. Um, But I had a diagnosis, and he was confident that we could go about helping me get well. And now while we're about to get well, we're going to go take another (laughs) break. (laughs) This is Irene Collin with the Self-Improvement Show. And my guest, Kim Macris, saying... Stay tuned. We're going to be right back, and I know you don't want to miss anything she has to say. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness is delighted to finally have the opportunity to fulfill the requests of our many guests and listeners to extend the Mind, Brain, and Body experience to a second hour. Tune in for The Lyceum, Critiques of Ancient and Modern Understanding with Dr. Michael Kell. 
The purpose of this show is to explore and expand upon mankind's continual efforts to explain why we exist. Join us each week as we continue our fireside chats with some of the most remarkable thinkers living today. The Lyceum airs Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on World Talk Radio Variety. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Kim Macris. We've been talking about Lyme disease. And, you know, what, what I'm hearing is, is about a devastating illness on every level. And it must have been devastating emotionally as well. What, what are some of the emotions that you had to deal with going through this, Kim? Oh, wow. You know, probably every emotion you can think of, Irene. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, a lot of people, whether it's Lyme disease, you know, or any other serious illness that really takes you away from your life that you knew, that um, that really removes you from <clears throat> your <clears throat> comfort zone, excuse me, um, and you feel lost, you know, so the first thing I felt was, you know, I was afraid in the beginning. And then from fear, it went into, you know, disappointment and sadness and then anger and frustration. And, um, you know, finally I went into this, like, deep despair, and I was really losing hope, you know, five years with no answers and, you know, feeling very alone on, in a, at, like, on a psychic and spiritual level I just, you know, really thought I was just going to crack and just give up hope. So I, and, I really felt the gamut. Now, for the, for the listeners who haven't read the book, you have to know that Kim was probably one of the healthiest, most active, involved, committed kind of people around. I mean, she led, lived life at a full tilt had a, a small child, an active practice, you know, a busy husband, a, a, a house out in the woods. You took care of all of it pretty much yourselves, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. We heated, we heated only with wood, so we had to chop wood, and every morning you'd light the fires, and we lived in the northern climate, so, you know, you were always tending yeah. to the home fires, and, and I was yeah. athletic, outdoorsy, you know, always hiking and skiing and all that. And you were successful at everything you did. And now all of a sudden, you're in bed. You can't think. It's going on and on and on. Your practice is closed. Um, you're not able to care for your child, really, because you're in bed. Um, that's got to be a real emotion whacker. It was really, it was devastating. It was completely devastating. And for me... Also, too, I had no family near me because my family was all in Florida and in New York, so I felt really isolated. <clears throat> and you can imagine New England 
when it starts to get dark in the winter, like at three thirty, four o'clock, and the snows are up, you know, to the windowsills, and I was so um, really tragically alone and scared, and um, you know, just didn't even know where to turn and. In the middle of the night, I would be praying and, you know, practically begging, you know, angels and God and anybody and everybody to help me. And initially, I felt nothing at that level, which was a shock for me. I had been raised, you know, in a culture like most of us that, well, if you pray and you ask for help and guidance, God or angels or Jesus or somebody will be there for you. Yeah, you can turn this around with prayer. And it didn't turn around. Didn't turn around. So can you imagine what that was like? Um, I can, but it's not anything I'd like to experience. What did you do? I mean, you're down, you're at the bottom, you're at the rock bottom physically, emotionally, and now spiritually. Yeah. And I, you know, of course, you know, ideas of death come into your mind. Like maybe I should just die. Wouldn't it be easier um, but of course I was, you know, had a little boy and I didn't want to leave my little boy behind and, you know, so I didn't it really, you know, suicide wasn't an option for me and I had this tiny, tiny little flicker inside of me because I was so devoted to natural medicine. I just had this tiny little flicker that, you know what, there was something, there would be something out there for me and I, and I trusted like the animals in nature, you know, that you see how they just like curl up in a little ball or they do self-protective things and just wait out a bad trial until things shift. And I just tried to really be patient and hold on to my tiny little flicker of hope. And I was, I was blessed. My dad was alive at the time. And even though he wasn't near me, I would call him, you know, sometime in my worst moments crying on the phone and he would give me these pep talks, and he was a tremendous man who had the most enormous willpower. And he would say to me, you've got to use that willpower. Get that willpower going. Dig in there, Kim. Think of something you love. Think of a place that you love. Imagine yourself. And I'd think of this beach in the Bahamas that I loved. And he'd uh-huh. say, are you on the beach? Are you on the beach now? And I said, yeah, I'm on the beach. I was like in my mind's eye. And he says, what are you doing on the beach? And I would be either lying in the sun or swimming in the ocean. He goes, okay, now you hold on to that image. You're going to heal yourself. Hold on to that. Now, the sun does seem to have a healing effect on you. And did did the visualizations of being in the sun and the warm place, you know, did that give you... Something like the benefit of really being there. I know you went to Florida a few times, and that helped. Yeah, I think I think that I think two things. Number one, people with Lyme disease, I later learned, you know, years later, yeah. have severe deficiencies when you have the chronic form. So I had severe vitamin D deficiencies, B deficiencies, magnesium. When the illness runs rampant in your system, a lot of uh, systems of your body get really ransacked. So you lose, you know, the the natural amounts of things you should have. So, yes, I think the vitamin D and the sunshine certainly helped me. I think my father, though, was keying me into something that I've come now to value greatly, which is the mind-body connection. Oh, yes. And I think in his way, he was keying me in 
how to set a positive image in my mind to hold on to that and to start making, you know, positive neurochemicals in my brain. And that's very real and very powerful. I I have a couple of questions. You just keep bringing questions up from from somewhere in me. What what did you do during all of this when you bottomed out? Uh, You know, what did you do with your day? What did you do to help yourself? Well, basically, you know, for two years I was horizontal. So I was either horizontal on my bed or on my sofa, but I discovered that being in my bed in my pajamas was not a good formula. So I learned every morning to get up and get out of my pajamas and into regular clothes and out of the bed and downstairs. And then I put on, I discovered like five CDs of music Mm -hmm. that somehow I kind of put them, amalgam of them together over several months that they were soothing to me. And, you know, music and harmonies and tones do have healing effects. Yes, they do. Yeah, I think instinctively I dialed into this music that was supportive of me. And then, you know, nature and beauty matters a lot to me. I'm a sensitive person, and I love the outdoors, and I do paint, and I paint landscapes. So it really helped me if I could, you know, look out the window onto something pretty or if there was a little flower in a vase by me, or if I didn't have that, I'd look at picture books of, you know, pretty places around the world. I'd have people get me um, things in the library with, you know, pretty picture books. So I was had images that, you know, were just kind of flooding me of, you know, beautiful oceans and, and you know, gardens and things. And I just, you know, I inched along. I'd try to daily get off of the sofa. I'd roll off the sofa onto the floor and do like five minutes of yoga stretches. And, you know, all these little things kind of like patched me together, plus my beloved homeopathic remedies, and I, a friend would tote me to the acupuncturist once a week, and I kind of patched myself together. But that was my day, and I couldn't cook, and my boyfriend had to cook a meal in advance for me at lunch so I'd have a little something to eat, and, you know, it was a trying time. Well, you're lucky you had people around to, to help you and give you that kind of support. I can't imagine what people who are alone can do to cope. Very hard. And, um, you know, I felt guilty for asking for help. I felt, um, you know, this was an interesting part of my own healing journey, being a caregiver myself and caring for others for so many years, for 20 years. It was innate for me to help others, and now the the tables were turned, and I needed care. And it was strange for me, Irene, to be able to ask for help. And in that process, though, I learned a lot about myself. I realized, you know what, I've got to start shedding some of these beliefs I have. If I want to get well, I have to dismantle some of these old patterns. And has that changed now, your outlook on how to help people who have chronic illness? I think so. I mean, I think the bigger lesson for me in it all, in the discovery process of having had a chronic illness, is um, that I, this was really, I'll share with you all, the biggest 
kind of eye-opener for me was that I was a product of our Western culture here in a very, um, you know, fast-paced world that we live in the United States and other parts of Europe, etc. And what we create and manifest on the external plane in terms of our career path, our homes we live in, the kind of car we drive, how we look, all of these things, our well-funded IRA accounts, I was doing all these things that I was trained to do, you know, to be a good, you know, prosperous, productive, you know, individual. But, you know, thank God I had a mother who was loving and sensitive, and she also imparted me with gifts of kindness and generosity towards others. But I was, you know, a good, hardworking, you know, product of an immigrant father, you know? Exactly. Yes, I do know. And then I got to this point where I couldn't hold it up anymore, and I couldn't even make my own sandwich. And and then it took me way in. The illness took me way into a very deep place in myself in these times on the sofa with the picture books and the music. I spent a lot of time in contemplation and reflection, and I came to realize, you know, there are other things about me that are valuable, like my sensitivity and my ability to communicate and to be, you know, have an open heart. And I found out that, you know what, I liked these things about me that I kind of didn't even pay attention to before. And in the long run, I think this really has expanded me as an individual and given me so much more depth. And now when I share with people and with my clients I who are chronically ill, I really want to, you know, validate and honor these special parts of them because I think they too with their chronic illness it's an opportunity to to really come into a close communion with our very own self. And that is so critically important. And it's time for us to take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how Kim came through this and a little bit about alternative uh, approaches to care. This is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show and my guest Kim Macris saying please stay tuned because we still have a lot to share. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune into Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
where the world comes to talk. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Kim Mackers. We've been talking about Lyme disease and how Kim absolutely hit rock bottom in every way. Um, she's mentioned several times about doing homeopathic remedies, uh, about acupuncture. So I'd like to talk just a little bit about alternative or complementary health. There's a lot of Im- important things that can be done to help you um, by people other than what we call an allopathic physician, allopathic, uh, the doctors that we're used to going to, the MDs. Um, Kim, talk a little bit about what you do as a homeopathist. Ah, hard word. Mm-hmm. Um, to get my tongue around. Just tell us a little bit about what you experienced and what you know about alternative medicine. Sure. Um, I, we really could do a whole show just on homeopathy. We could, and yeah, I that, think we probably need to. We need to because it's a really fascinating uh, healing discipline. Um, okay, so alternative medicine, complementary medicine, uh, are many of these practices have been around for centuries. Like naturopathic medicine, you'll hear uh, and see initials after a doctor's name that are ND. These are naturopathic doctors. They go to five years of school akin to medical school, they have all the uh, diagnostics and um, pharmacology and anatomy, et cetera, as medical school, except they focus on using herbs and nutritive supplement, diet, and these kind of modalities to heal instead of using um, pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals are only for kind of like dire situations like blood poisoning or something. And Lyme disease. And Lyme disease, exactly. <laughs> And then acupuncture, many people have heard of acupuncture. It's centuries old. It comes from China, and um, it's fascinating. There's 12 energy meridians in the body, we call them, and each one is connected to one of the primary systems like the cardiovascular system or the urinary system or the respiratory system. And these Chinese physicians or acupuncturists have ways of assessing your health amongst these on these system levels with their little pulse point diagnosis they do of the wrists and they use the acupuncture needles as we know to move and balance energies in the body and they also are very well trained in herbs they have amazing herbal formulas that are again many of them are centuries old and i'm just giving you the highlights here right yeah we just have a few minutes yes and homeopathic medicine dates to the early 1800s. Vaccination shots and allergy shots were borrowed from the homeopathic principle. We use a tiny bit of a substance and a diluted amount to stimulate the body to do its own work on its own. So likes treat likes is the, is the, right. mo- is the mode. You know, the thing people need to know is that there are really a lot of healing modalities out there. And the more we learn about the body and energy and all the things we're beginning to, to learn about these days, they make more and more sense. 
Yeah, it always yeah. amused me that we think a little pill going in our body is going to make a big difference, but it doesn't matter what we eat three times a day, a day or more. You know, yeah. We need to pay attention to that. Yeah, well, so, you know, it's interesting because I um, believe that there's a time and place for both, you know, and traditional allopathic medicine as we know it, you know, for diagnostics, for surgeries, for broken bones, for all these things, for pharmaceuticals when you need them are wonderful, but the natural approaches, what I like so much about them is that they're very supportive and they work with your body's own processes and pathways and these nutritive supplements or herbs or acupuncture treatments or homeopathic remedies are supporting and balancing. They aren't, you know, introducing something to you know, tip the scales in any one extreme way, but they're very supportive, nourishing, and balancing, and it's perfect for chronic Lyme because you need so much support. You need all kinds of support. So, you know, we just have a few minutes. We can't leave you here in the (laughs) middle of chronic Lyme disease, Kim. Tell us how you are now. Oh, I'm really blessed to be well. I am... I worked very hard, Irene, when I, we finally got my diagnosis in 2005, and now we're six years later, and for a solid four years, I worked very hard on killing off the bacteria, rebuilding my depleted systems, and mending my broken spirit. And I am very proud to say that I'm well now, and I'm happy to be out in the world again in a new way. And now you're going on a book tour. I am, and I'm having loads of fun with Out of the Woods and meeting so many wonderful people like you. And I feel really inspired to, you know, offer hope to those who suffer. Tell us one more time how people can find you. They can go um, online to outofthewoodsbook.com and find Out of the Woods there, or they can Google KatinaMacris.com. Either way, you'll find me there. Wonderful. What's the last word you'd like to leave with our listeners today? What's your main message? My main message is that chronic illness can be a condition that propels you into a time and place of self-discovery and that if you embrace it as a journey of self-discovery, you can find within the most amazing treasure trove of inner gifts and strengths that are there at your very fingertips to help you find a healthier and more balanced way to be in the world. Fabulous. Next week's show is on Thanksgiving, so we're going to feature Dr. Robin Kelly again talking about the human hologram. We've had such a great response to that show. We thought you might like to have the opportunity to hear it again. Um, The following week, uh, after you've had all that turkey and all those lovely things and your guests are gone, come back because on December 1st, We're going to have Carolyn Brent on, and we're going to be talking about caring for our aging parents. Kim, it's been so lovely having you on the show. I really want you to come back at some point and do a whole show on alternative and complementary medicine. How does that sound? That sounds terrific. I'd love to do that. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. 
You too, Irene. Thank you for having me and for sharing Out of the Woods with others. An absolute pleasure. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Kim Macra saying goodbye for now. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holidays and come back for sure on December 1st. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.